0: On this episode, I just don't go to Asian restaurants with him anymore because I've learned if we go to the Chinese buffet, he'll sit down or the Chinese, and he'll be like, he'll be like, oh, I'll have da da pu pu pata, and 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 like to the waiter and everything, and I'm like. Dad, stop it. Does
1: and he I, really? He,
0: do, uh, I don't he has not drink.
1: had his ass kicked one time. No.
0: And I'm like, Dad. So I'm like, Dad. And he's like, What? That's just how they sound. So I'm talking to them how they sound. Like, it's not funny. It's humiliating. Oh my
1: God. They're going to like spit in our food I mean, or worse. Yeah, you've eaten a lot of spit. And so, you've eaten so much spit over yes. the last year <laughs> your dad. That's, so he's like, he's like, I'm not feeling good all the time. I'm not <laughs> And I might have cancer. No, it's a spit. It's just like a lot of spit.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Country for Old Mark and Juan. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Juan Smith. All right, real quick before we get to the show, uh, thank you, everybody. for. We had uh, several listeners reach out to us this week. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, actually, Juan, we had one listener uh, send in a message, and she said she was stationed by the DMZ in North Korea. And so I asked her if she was armed with a club or an axe, and she said no. But she said it was pretty interesting being stationed over there. So um, I told her I wanted to you know, get to know her a little bit better and hear some more of her stories of being in South Korea.
2: Ah, so it's probably good you edited out those comments I made about the Supreme Leader.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but anyways, uh, real quick before we get into things and our guest today, uh, just you know reach out to us on Facebook.com slash no country podcast or on Instagram at no underscore country underscore podcast, or on Twitter at podcast underscore country. You can email us at no at gmail dot com and you can hit us up on our voicemail at 346-291-0050. So now that all the fun business is out of the way, I would love to introduce all of you beautiful listeners out there to our special guest today, Sun Tran. He's a local Houston comedian.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's of course. To be here.
0: Yeah, you... We, uh, I actually saw Sun at uh, the funniest comic in Texas competition back in December. Okay, with uh, you know Sandra D and Nick Palermo and Doug Dalton, were all there with a bunch of other comics, and I wanted to talk to Sun before I left, but I didn't see him when I left, and I was like, well, dang it, maybe probably just because you know because I, I lost is that
1: because <laughs> I'm a sore loser and I stormed out of the
0: building, <laughs> stormed out of the building, it was the hell with
2: this contest. <laughs> That's a great answer. I like that. <laughs> just being honest. Really. I was just yeah, going to say, I was- that's funny because I i would be the same way probably. And I'd be like, thank God I'm so short. I can sneak out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am
1: far too competitive with comedy sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to work on that. I'm, I'm,
2: I've I'm been looking forward to this interview all week though. Cause I have some good questions for you.
0: Oh
3: yeah. Great. Well, what's yeah. your first question? Why are we?
2: Uh, my first question was, um, cause just prior, you know, we talked a little bit just before we started recording and, um, you just seem like a good person to ask some of the more serious questions too, because you have uh, <laughs> some more time in. You're more seasoned than, um, let's say, some of the kids, you know, younger people. Uh, and
1: as far as comedy goes, it just like old. Is that uh,
2: no, no, <laughs> no. It just it's a different. It's a different aura of uh, complexity, maybe and maturity. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got. I got things going on. <laughs> I got things going on.
2: <laughs> see, see, right there. But um, so what got you started? Like, how long you been doing it? Like, how did you get into it? Yeah,
1: uh, I've been in about four and a half years, no, four and a half years, and that'll be five years as of this year, I think, right? No, almost six years, sorry, five and a half years in. Okay. So I started uh, back in 2014. I was just trying to find something to do that was creative, that wouldn't, uh, well, I thought wouldn't take too much time away from my family. <laughs> um, and I didn't realize how much time comedy would start taking away from my family, but it's something I could do at nighttime and uh, the kids are in bed, they were young back then. And uh, I just uh, started uh, researching, like, stand-up comedy. I always enjoyed comedy. I saw, you know, a bunch of stand-ups that uh, I remember kind of as I was, yeah you know, not, not growing up, but sort of when I was grown. Um, like, Mitch Hedberg was great, and uh, Russell Peters, his first sort of viral special came out. Oh, yeah. And those guys, you know, made me laugh a lot, and I thought, maybe we could try doing this comedy thing, because I'd written some articles for Crack.com before that for a couple of years. Um, they're a comedy website. And so I thought I'd write for myself and try to do this comedy thing. So I researched the comedy, uh, standup comedy, like how to do standup comedy, all this really basic stuff. And then I found a mic in town on the internet and I went down there. I signed up and, uh, I did it that night and it went okay. So I just kept doing it. And uh, I think my wife thought it was going to be like, you know, a three month kind of experiment (laughs) five, five and a half years later and one trip to Afghanistan for the troops. And, uh, it's been oh great. wow, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah, I've done a lot of cool, cool things that I never really thought uh, I could do. So I've sort of surpassed all the goals I had initially when I started doing comedy. So it's been great. That's
0: fantastic. Except for winning that contest. <laughs> <laughs> Except for like, you know, <laughs> won that damn
1: contest. <laughs> yeah, you could have just thrown
0: in a joke there, or you know, something about being in Afghanistan. I think you could have got a whole lot more votes.
1: Maybe. That's pretty yeah. cool. But they don't, they don't give you the introductions that you know. Everybody just gets introduced yeah. the same way to keep it fair for everybody. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember following Sandra in that contest. I remember I saw Sandra on the contest in my round, uh-huh. and I remember telling people right away, "I'm like, ah, I guess we're down to one spot in the <laughs> contest because two people advanced." <laughs> I saw Sandra's name, and Sandra D just so well in Friday audiences. Yeah, it's really hard to beat her in, in those yeah. kind of situations. So, and I lost her earlier last year in another contest uh, in town, she was in my round as well.
0: So. Oh, okay. Well, you got you got the tough round
1: both times.
0: Uh yeah there, there there's no
1: uh, well there were some easy rounds <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie there, were, gonna lie. there, was some, there uh, were some there were some rounds where them. you're looking at great group and you're like ah I wish I was in that round instead <laughs> uh, now we had some we had some killers in the round I was in I thought that was a great show oops oh, yeah that
0: was oh, a great show that's not professional at all <laughs> he just <laughs> spilled, spilled wine on myself. It's a cool. I did a I did a Trump water thing there. <laughs> we'll get that later. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> well, it, it was uh, I was you know the only comedian I had heard that night was Sandra, and so I was going into it you know, yeah you know, I've been to you know enough comedy shows and like enough mo- open mics to know that you know some people they're just starting out and they don't have very good jokes or, you know they're just trying to find their feet and stuff. But I felt that a lot of the comics there that night did pretty well and they really made me laugh. But yeah, when I walked in, I had heard Sandra before and I walked in, I hadn't heard anybody else. And I brought two of my friends who hadn't heard any of you yet. Okay. And they, they were like, Hey, you know, like, you know, I said, I, I invited them because I wanted to help support Sandra. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, that, that's great. We'll go. And they were like, you know, who should we vote for? I'm like, well, you vote for whoever you want. But I said, I can pretty much guarantee your first vote's going to be for Sandra. <laughs> and then after she was done, they were like, oh my gosh, she was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. She's really good. I was like,
1: yeah. Yeah, she's hard to follow, too, because my act is very different from her act, right? Yeah. So she's very, she has a lot of, like, uh, stage presence, and she's very, she does a lot of act-outs, and mm-hmm. uh, very energetic on stage. Um, and then I come up there, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But you got to you gotta get your audience on your side and, and, and turn them down a different path when you yeah. go up there, or else they're not going to be with you during the whole set.
2: Yeah. Well, I thought. Well, and people that understand that. comedy re- know that stuff. that Like, there's people have totally different ways of doing it. Some of the plain dry pans are some of the best comics ever. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: That's so, why I always enjoy a show with more than that, one comic.
2: Yeah. Cause it's that great. Like I, I find that a lot of times those people, their, their joke level of intelligence is so much different. It's a lot higher. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like I'm not shitting on people. I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of times it's that cerebral comic, the one that gets you thinking. Yeah. And then you go, Oh yeah. Like that's funny. And yeah. your stuff is very relatable um, yeah, that I saw, and so, especially as a father. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. no, I
1: agree. I mean, a guy like Dimitri Martin, is—he uh, he's just genius with the stuff he talks about and how smart that stuff comes across. But he does it in a very fun way. He's never condescending about it. He just lets you, he just wants you to come along with him and and, and he just, hey, hey, check it out. This is really funny. Check this out. And it really is funny, the stuff
2: he says. Now, yeah, when I, you do, like, stuff for your sets, do you... I always wondered how people do it individually. Like, is it like something happens and you just kind of make a note of it? Do you just sit down and write? Like, how do you, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's together? how I
1: do it. I mean, there is a million different ways to do it. Nobody does it the same. There are some guys i met who told me flat out, they never write anything down. Whereas I write what? everything down. And I write my jokes out like long form jokes. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back and I'll start editing my jokes down and trying to find, you know, the real kernel of, of you know humor in there and then go try it in the mics and try some shows and then you know finally you say yes or no to keeping that joke or not so that's how I do it some people just write down a couple of quick uh, notes about it and they never write anything about that joke ever again they just kind of go out and do it and then they've got locked in but I'm always super super scared of like forgetting jokes or you know losing ideas for jokes so I need to write it out by you know long form first.
2: Um, I, I would literally need, like, a pocket stenographer, <laughs> someone to yeah, just plan. write everything down because I wouldn't remember anything. Yeah, that's I would that's get up on stage and just blank. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's what yeah. the mics are for. That's, a, that's what yeah. the practice is for. We do well, a lot of that uh, by ourselves uh, at home, and then we do it at the mics as well. But that's the great thing about phones, that you always have the ability to pull it out and just write a few notes down to yourself. I've got a, I've got a Google Docs where I keep all my jokes. I've got 100, 124, like 125 pages of, like, material I've written down. Mm-hmm. And I think I use maybe, like, 12 or 13 pages of all of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So, I notice
2: that it takes people a long... It seems it takes a long time to get, like, a solid set that's, you know, you know, say 20 minutes. It can take years to develop that 20 minutes sometimes for people. It can... And, you know, it can but- depends on
1: how much time you have to go and and, and write and and, uh, and try out your new jokes. So trying out the new jokes at a, at a mic or in front of an audience is a really important part. You can write all you want, but you're never gonna know if it really works in front of an audience until you try it. So like I have so many jokes which I love. Like I write these jokes and I'm like this is the best thing. I've never <laughs> heard a better joke in my life. and I go and try it out in front of like you know ten different open mics and nobody likes the <laughs> joke. <laughs> And then you just kind of, you put it away, and you, maybe you come back to it a year or two later and see if you can improve on it. But it, it's real <laughs> depressing. <right? laughs> that i that have doesn't like work. a
2: sheet of paper. Flip <laughs> yeah. Paper. <laughs> well, you're obviously stupid. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know.
1: Sometimes. Sometimes. But, but at the end of the day, the audience is, is the only judge of how well you're yeah, doing, right? Right. Like, I know some comics get hung up on, like, other comics not liking their material, or yeah. not liking what they do. But I'm like, why do you care? If you're killing it in front of a crowd, who cares? Like I know for for a fact, there is probably a good portion of the comics in Houston who hate what I do. On stage. <laughs> like this guy gonna tell more jokes about his kid, <laughs> and I get it. You know, it's not their thing. But at the end of the day, they're not they're not paying for the seats, right? So yeah. I only got one obligation: that's to make the audience laugh. Oh,
2: so I, that's what I, I every think. joke I had a kid for one. For yeah. <laughs> I was just fully on board. <laughs> That's but that's actually, a lot think- of the demographic, too, you know? Yeah. So that's that's good. I mean, I guess my thing is, like, it's so totally a different thing I think people think about this. Like you said, there's a lot of people doing comedy now and different yeah. things. and like, <clears throat> But to be able to just go up, you know, the lights are facing only you. You get up on a stage, they put a mic in front of you, and it's like, okay, you have five minutes. Be funny. Yeah. Like, the, most people growing up, the scariest thing in their childhoods was... That time in high school where they had to go speak in front of the class. Yeah. You know, and this is just like stand up comedy is the hyper sense of that. Yep. You know, it's, there is, you have to have such balls, <laughs> basically, <laughs> in my opinion, to even try this. You know, so I just have mad respect for all the people that are willing to get up there and, and, and suffer, <laughs> suffer. <laughs> or not suffer. I all just right. feel like in my case, it'd probably be, they'd go straight to glass bottles i think nothing soft so
0: (laughs) dark yeah but i mean but i just have so
2: much respect for that and it's funny because every time i ask people like um so far when we talk to comedians like you know, how was it like the first time it's like usually if if they're still doing it it was like that first time wasn't bad you know like yeah
1: it's hard to think back and um have a real honest assessment of how the first time went right because you're scared Almost everybody is scared.
2: Uh, oh, you have to be inhuman not to be. Scared. Yeah,
1: yeah. You got tunnel vision while you're up there, and unless you just unless you recorded your set and you can go back and listen to it or watch it, I don't know if I have an honest assessment of how I actually did. I thought I did okay, which is why I kept going. A lot of people tell me they bombed for like six months before they got like their first laugh, which amazes me that they kept going. Because if I had, if six, I thought I had oh, bombed yeah. that first time, I would just quit. Like I'd be like, ah, it's not for me but it went okay and so i thought let's, let's keep doing this and and thankfully went better after that so
2: yeah, yeah. how hard is it now though in your opinion like for people to like progress you know and make money and all those kinds of things i mean i guess it depends <laughs> on like it depends on like what the reason is too behind why they're why they're doing why they're doing it i mean some people maybe it is something that they're just going to do for a little while or something for other yeah. people you know they're trying to make an established career out right. of it and uh, i just can imagine it just being uh, dude it's gotta be a lot of work
1: it I is mean, it is i don't know did you have, i'm sorry Mike. you want to say something or
0: oh i was just gonna say <laughs> that um uh like one thing that i noticed that i actually one reason i wanted to have you come on the podcast was i felt like you stood out a lot from the other comics at the competition because of your jokes I felt like a lot of the comics, there not all of them, but a lot of them kind of just had the same tropes that they went through. Yeah. And some of them did it really well and some of them didn't do it as well, but I felt like a lot of the people were just like, let's just do the same kind of thing and they all just kind of blurred together. Yeah. And then you got on after Sander and I felt like you two really stood out among a couple other ones. Sure. And that was actually the thing, like the more cerebral stuff just a little bit more i don't know it made it more personable to me anyways yeah and i thought oh, okay i was like this this guy is he's, he's got a different take and it's really funny it's not just dick and fart jokes or whatever <laughs> yeah no yeah. that's good
1: point i mean you get a lot of comics coming from a uh, very similar background similar demographics and so they're going to have the same life experiences right yeah. and that's what you talk about is really the best comedy is from your own life experiences so you know it's not their fault, uh, but they do they they do enjoy the same things, they hang on the same circles they they have the same experiences, and so Sandra obviously has a lot more experience, and so do I being a lot older than most of the other comics, you know like I, I literally could be you know their dads <laughs> Some <of> these guys <laughs> that's how old I am um, but in terms of what you're asking about juan, um, how easy is it pro- to progress that's that's all up to you. You know, everybody's got things in their life that are, are tough. Like, I've got, a, I've got a full-time job. i got to wake up at 6 in the morning to go to every morning. i got two kids at home. i got my wife. Uh, a lot of that takes away from my time to be on stage and to try out new things. So my progression has been slow compared to some of the comics. So you're asking how long it takes to put together 20 minutes. I mean, I know of comics who've put together 20 minutes in like a year and a half. Whoa. Into comedy. It took me probably three years to put together 20 minutes that I was happy to do. You know what I mean? Like I have like way more than 20. I have hours of jokes, but they're, you know, hours of terrible jokes. (laughs) Um, And then your second question about making money. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's hard to make money doing comedy. This is not uh, a thing you're going to do right now. If your intent is to make money, it's possible people have done it takes a long time you've got to be in the right city Houston's not the right city to make money in comedy there's no industry here right so you need to go and move to la new york like some of our comedy friends have done I, a guy named ashton womack he was a hilarious guy i met him when i first started doing comedy he was in about three years ahead of me he's in new york now he's the writer now for the um uh what's that show i forget uh the uh, late night show with uh Noah Trevor Noah oh yeah
0: um, The Daily Show
1: Daily Show. Yeah. So he's a writer for The Daily Show now So moved to New York two years after he moved there One year after he moved there became a writer for The Daily Show So he's an example of like being able To do it mm-hmm. right now He might make a comfortable living From it but if you're talking about guys who are Like you know killing and comedy money Wise that's it's like any other business It's like the 1% right yeah right you know, your Louis C.K.'s and your uh, Bill Burrs and all those guys. I mean, they're killing it. They're making tons of money. But that's not the, that's not most of us. Most of us are going, I'm still, I mean, five years in, I'm still doing bar shows where they pass a bucket around. And sometimes I just leave after my set because <laughs> I don't feel like waiting around for an hour and a half to get my five bucks from the bucket. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, I don't need it. So I just say this and just divide it amongst the other comics. <laughs> it's not going to kill me not to get this $5 tonight. Yeah. Um and that's part of the reason why i looked at you know doing more corporate shows just to see what that was like and people told me corporate shows are a bit of a soul-sucking experience and you, you know they're not wrong it's not it's not why we came to do comedy right we want to do comedy from a real comedy crowd whereas a corporate show it's always hard because like not everyone's there for comedy it's kind of like they show up and the boss is like oh we got a comedian tonight you know <laughs> uh and some of the shows have been great and some of the shows have been just like oh awful uh, like but they, they pay so started much-
2: serving alcohol a little sooner, <laughs> right right,
1: right, but they pay so much better than like a regular comedy show. You can't even compare the money you're making. Uh,
2: I would sell show. out in heartbeat yeah. <laughs> yeah, but even
1: then i do if you know I even then I look at corporate shows and i am like, if I do like five of these a week, I still am not making the same amount of money I'm making my regular job, yeah. you know like so it's not the money's not there. Don't do it for the money, kids. Uh, <laughs> do it for the love of the, the art. <laughs> So do you have
0: an ultimate goal that you would like to achieve or are you just happy taking it as it comes?
1: Yeah, I think every, so every year in my comedy I've sat down, I've I've taken a very clinical approach to comedy. It doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but that's sort of the way I I approach things. And um, I write down small goals for myself every year. Um, And uh, I'm kind of running out of (laughs) small goals. (laughs) I think ultimately I would love to be able to uh, get a job writing on a comedy show or a Mm -hmm. late night show. Um, one because I could sort of stay and be home with my kids, because uh, there's no way I could go on the road and, and be a road comic um, and be away from the family. And then two, it's it's one of the few jobs in comedy where if you get on a big show, it, the the pay would be comparable to sort of you know what I'm making now, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't I wouldn't have to sort of take a huge pay cut to um, to do that. Uh, but you know I've got responsibilities and the kids, and you know we decide to have kids, and at this point their dreams are sort of paramount to whatever dreams i may have yeah <laughs> so, you know i've got you know the younger ones uh nine the older one's 12 so i've got you know, nine more years before i can <laughs> think about maybe <laughs> doing something else uh, with my life but for now i've got to bring the paycheck home and uh, you know, yeah pay for college and all that kind of stuff
0: i'm i'm always kind of curious to listen to it also because i I've noticed how recently, like with podcasting, a lot more comics, not super popular comics. I mean, there's your Conan O'Brien's and Will Ferrell's out there that have gotten into podcasting now. But I I do think it's interesting how there are other comics out there like Dan Cummins or Jimmy Wissman and James Gallo, who they were, you know, comics that were trying to do comedy, but they weren't making a really good living. So they start podcasts and their podcasts are now huge hits. And... I th- I think that's really cool that there's now more avenues and people are trying to find more ways to get their jokes and comedies out there. Like I had never heard of Dan Cummins till probably like a year ago. And now he's my favorite comic. Yeah. And he's he he's got a really, really dark sense of humor, which is very <laughs> similar to my dark sense of humor. That's awesome. And I throw him five bucks every month on Patreon because I'm like, This dude's just brilliant. Yeah. I'm like it's just and I never would have heard about him because he has like some albums and stuff on Pandora and Spotify, yeah. but I don't really go there looking for comedy. I go from, you know. Sure. And so I think it's really cool that other people, like you're looking for more a writing job, and I think that's great too. Like, yeah. You know, a lot of people get their starts out in writing. You know, most of the, a lot of people that are famous really got their chances in writing, and it's really cool to see, you know, someone out there working towards their goals and their dreams.
2: Well, that sure and sounds yeah. like a beat's like traveling around in a suitcase. and freaking Yeah. Out, you know. <laughs> this week i'm at big joe's crab shack like you know <laughs> yeah you know and not yeah. seeing your face because I'm, I'm in the same boat as you the the ultimate reason that i didn't pursue it was because i already had a child and i was like i can't be you on can the do road it. Like, you can
1: do it you know. no i mean if if it depends on what kind of goals you have oh but, no no but,
2: no my wife's way too psycho there's no way yeah, you can do it you <laughs> can do a couple a couple of nights
1: a week when the kids are in bed i, I was 42 when i started so never too late to start if if all your goals are kind of modest and you just want to have a good time doing it just try it and, you know have fun in front of an audience so there's nothing like the instant i mean at the end of the day all comics are a bit egocentric right they're a, mm-hmm. bit, they're a bit narcissistic and the immediate response you get when you tell a good joke and people are laughing when you get a whole room of people laughing who didn't know you before knew nothing about your background and you went up there cold and just started making them laugh it's there's nothing in the world like that it's an amazing feelings so never too late to start juan
2: yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I'll stay well, behind. I'll do podcasting.
1: Yeah, yeah, the podcasting. The I YouTubing. got five kids,
2: man. There's no hope.
1: It's, oh, five? Uh, Jeez, you gotta
2: stop. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't me. Uh, it
1: wasn't you. What? No,
2: uh, it wasn't me. These balls. He found got them in the My thirties, and uh, but my second wife is uh, she's a baby factory, apparently. So uh, I got four stepchildren.
1: Oh, you got instant family.
2: Yeah, Insta family. I got a, a seven, a nine, uh, 11, and 12. Wow. And then my original son.
1: That's a full house, man.
2: So he's, he's 20. All right. yeah, that's, all right.
0: The full house is the reason why he's in his little barn out there instead <laughs> of in the house, because it wouldn't fly if he was in the house. Yeah. There'd be kids well, in Well, you background. know, they got to go sleep sometime.
1: I'd say if you're interested in it, at least try it a couple of times. Just see. Just see. Because if it's for you, you're going to get hooked on it, and
2: you're going to love it. And uh, that's
1: why I'm still doing it so, <laughs> five years later. Yeah, that's my fear.
2: Uh, I'd probably abandon my children for those laughs.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm just being honest. Don't, look, I, got a, I got a bad history with addictions. Right? I, I don't need that. Wait, you laughed at it? <laughs> so, No, but I mean, but I have just so much respect for the people that are willing to go through the grind. Because a lot of times, I, you know, I'm learning too that a lot of what people do, it's not glamour. It's, it's work. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, it's no, it sacrifice I mean, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's yeah. a long, especially for people who are going into it, hopefully, you know, maybe one day to, to do it financially. I mean, that is a typically probably a long road of dedication. Yeah. You know, no, some the of these kids are going
1: out like five, six days a week doing uh, one or two mics a night. And then, uh, I remember one time when I started, there was a mic up in uh, your your neck of the woods, Humble. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I drove almost 100 miles round trip to do five minutes at an open mic. Up oh, in my Humble. goodness. And this was just sort of the life. And when you first start, nobody knows you. Nobody knows if you're funny. You're probably not that funny. Yeah. And so you get put on the last uh, last part of the list every night, and then you get bumped for other people who are better than you. And, you know, you got there early to sign up at 8 o'clock, and it's like 9.30, and you're still not on the stage. <laughs> you know, you don't get on to like 11 o'clock. I was getting home at like midnight, 12 30 in the morning and my wife just like how long are you doing this for I'm like, i don't know <laughs> and then i and then i started getting better and then i started getting you know better slots and uh, getting put on shows and stuff and and now i don't have to wait nearly as long uh, to go on stage so it's nice right mm-hmm. so but the word yeah, paid off dues. yeah you definitely got to pay your dues in the game though for sure and i didn't like it at the time i, I still get uncomfortable when i go in and and bump someone i read your sign up on the list ahead of time and know when i'm going up so
0: well, oh, yeah, I see. That, you you know what it's like, so yeah, that would be uncomfortable. You know what they're going through.
1: Yeah, like I I mean I remember complaining about it when it happened to me, so I don't want to be a hypocrite and start walking like, hey, all right, let me let me on stage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
1: Who are you guys? Like,
2: Get out of here. So. I think I'd be happy to be last. <laughs> it's like <laughs> keep those expectations low and the alcohol levels high.
1: <laughs> uh, there's no way left though. Says so you and the host and maybe like one guy. Like, he was waiting to go on after you probably. I did that one time I one open mic. <laughs> it was just me, the host, and, like, the guy coming after me. So I was just performing right the empty room at that point. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but that's that's the comedy life, man. So, oh. yeah. But that's the real part
2: of it, too. So that's kind of cool. I mean, in a sense that you still did it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, comics are, yeah,
1: like I said, it's, it's not a lucrative profession at all. Or, and it's funny because I first saw a com- uh, comedy, a lot, I see in the Facebook page. We have a Facebook page for comics. And, People are always asking for rides and stuff. <laughs> Somebody, I said, I said, is it a, a comedy thing to like not have a car? Like, I, is it like just a thing, like a a badge of like your profession? Like, I'm I'm not driving, right? And one guy's like, No, man, they're just poor. <laughs> they're just like dirt poor, you know. But I mean, these guys, you know, like I said, there's really no excuse if you if you want to be a comedian because I know people who like this one comedian Rose. Uh, she takes the bus everywhere, and in Houston, you. It, 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 the bus system is terrible. you know. Yeah, it's mark. awful. It's awful. There's no public transit in Houston. No. This girl rides for like two hours some nights to get to a mic. She. Where she'll do five minutes and then get home somehow. Oh, my <laughs> So God. if she can do it, uh, you can do it. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Like nobody has an excuse to not go out and get better. I could work harder at what I do. I could write more. I could spend more time uh, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and a lot of comics, you know, they tell me they work really hard. And you're like, uh, are, you really, are you really working as hard as you possibly can, right? Uh, so you got you to do what you can, man.
2: Yeah, like, and a lot know. of it, too, is like balance, you know? Yeah. Depending on where you are in life and what's going on, you know, outside of what happens on stage. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, no, I respect true. the fact that you, you know, talk about your family and, the, and you have a lot of respect for that. Um, because a lot of people, I think, would probably not be that way. To be perfectly <laughs> honest. Oh, I don't yeah. know that I would. Uh, probably. <laughs> no, that is true.
3: Sometimes
0: month. I find it really hard to balance between, like, the research and the scheduling and the planning out for this podcast and everything else in my life. Like, there's been a couple times where Jasmine's like, do you have to be doing this right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're right. I do need to get this done, but I did drive all the way here to spend time with you. So I need to put the computer down and stop doing research, and then, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, so, it was funny. We started doing the podcast, right? And so... Yeah. Now it's become my therapy because <laughs> this is the only couple hours in like a week where nobody bugs me. <laughs> Somehow I finally got the message through when I'm yeah. recording no one comes through this door. Now there's probably 13 episodes of someone comes through the freaking. Door. Oh yeah. <laughs> Particularly really episode bad. six Some with of the your nacho ones. rant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my son came in one day and told me he had crippling depression. <laughs> In the middle oh. of a podcast. I'm sorry. That's funny. Uh, so <laughs> How old is your son? He, he was uh, 11 at the time.
1: Uh, my son's doing the same thing. I think, and, it's, a, I think it's a meme. I think it's a meme that they found because my son has this expression, crippling depression, as well.
2: See, and, they got, uh, what are they watching, man? I don't know how I, they, I don't, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't think he so has hard. it. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah. He was just
2: being a smart ass. Right, right. But it made yeah. me laugh really hard. <laughs> yeah. So now when he really does get upset and tears start coming, I'm like, is that the crippling depression? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and when
0: I met his son for the first time, what back in august i was like hey uh hey james nice to meet you and he's like, i'm the one with crippling depression <laughs> And i was like he wears it like a badge of honor now i'm like ah oh, awesome <laughs> this kid's gonna grow up and how long has this
1: podcast been going on for since last since june, june yeah june and yeah you know?
2: somewhere right. around there
1: all right cool i mean, I mean yeah listen i'm not uh, i'm not i know a lot of comics have podcasts you were talking about dan cummings and mm-hmm. he he's becoming real popular his podcast and yeah, I mean, listen, more power to those guys. I don't want any part of the <laughs> podcasting, Instagramming, Twittering, uh, YouTubing. I just want to write jokes and tell jokes. I don't want any of this. But I feel like I feel like the guy who, when cars were invented, is like, ah, I love my horse. You know, like I, <laughs> I just feel like I'm being left behind in this whole thing. <laughs> so I'm not but alone. <laughs> yeah, but I know, I know it's the future. I yeah. know this is where things are going. <sighs> I, I get it. I understand. It. I don't like it but what can you do man either you adapt or you you perish man
0: yeah at least you're honest about it
1: yeah i mean that's the reason why they you got the improv here in town they they have a saturday where they they bring in a youtube star yeah and they pack the place
0: out oh my goodness like i've seen comics who
1: are on like tv on like conan Uh who can't sell out the improv some youtuber who just has a channel where she just talks about like dumb stuff doesn't have an act per se and she'll sell 450 tickets to
0: the improv oh my goodness it's insane
1: we all hate it but <laughs> we can't sell yeah i hate people.
2: her already uh
1: yeah, i just because it's
2: like you know as an older i never thought i was gonna end up being the old person that's just like ah, a young bastard like, nah, I mean, it, yeah it's just i don't know yeah when you my my daughter is into this girl named jojo seawall I don't know exactly what she does. I think she sings or dances or something. But she's like her age. She's like ten or twelve or something. Sure. I don't or know. A
1: million dollars. A and year she's on like, YouTube. yeah,
2: she makes like millions of dollars a year on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And every yeah. every clip of anything that I've ever seen of her, is so cringy. Yeah. I, I just want to smack my daughter. Yeah. And, but this girl's like somehow a financial success and has fans. It's just like you I don't know I, I it blows my mind it absolutely yeah. blows my mind so now you've got like this younger generation I got it with my kids too even where it's like everyone thinks they're going to have a YouTube channel or a streaming channel or something yep. and like yep. they're going to be famous and rich and they're like sure uh there's a thing called college uh <laughs> you know my, I'm uh, looking forward to paying for it but you know probably a better option I don't know
1: my son I asked him one day what do you want to be when you grow up he goes I going to be a YouTuber <laughs> Because he sees these guys playing these video games on YouTube. He watches them play the games and stuff. Yeah, that's you know, James. Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. So I, I want to uh, be a YouTuber. Yeah. So I sat him down one day and I said, let's, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's find out what it takes to be a YouTuber, right? So we recorded him playing a game on his uh, iPad. We recorded his voiceover talking about him playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. Had him create his own logo, create his own, uh, put together his own music introduction for his thing, put together a five-minute video, worked on the editing together with him and everything. Like that's
2: like, some hours. serious parenting here
1: yeah two hours for this video yeah. and he's never done one since that was like two years ago he's never picked <laughs> up the YouTube YouTube thing again so he still watches it but I think he saw like how much work and you can yeah. imagine if a guy has to do that every single day to put content on YouTube it's just yeah. uh. so now he understands that it's a real it's a real job right you may not respect the job because you think <laughs> yeah. it's dumb but guys who are making money are doing a lot of work
0: oh yeah so yeah they just by starting this podcast and then learning how it works and then right. doing my own research preparing for interviews reaching out to people scheduling stuff with Juan yeah. know, and like I knew it was going to be work going into it and I knew it was going to be a lot of work but then I, I really like like I said to Juan like last week I was like this podcast takes up a very good chunk of my <laughs> free time and but the thing is is for me it's rewarding and I love it so I don't really care like I, some of my other hobbies have taken a back seat now, but I don't mind because it's it's exactly what I was looking for. Something different, something new, a new experience, and I love it. And I'm gonna, we're both gonna continue to do it unless That's one awesome. of us has a heart attack or something. But even then, I'll probably be in the hospital hooked to the machine. beep, and I'll be like, "Here we are, live from Kingwood Medical Center." <laughs> me I do not care. Like you cheated death again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did have uh, a couple of questions for you, son. Yeah, shoot. Uh, You mentioned in your act you were from Canada.
2: Yep. So obviously, I love. I'm sorry. I love that bit. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great bit. Oh Oh my god.
0: God. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so, were you first generation?
1: Uh, let's see. So I was born in Vietnam, moved okay. to Canada. Is that first generation or is that second? That's first it's, generation, that's right? That's first, yeah. Okay. I, so. I always get confused whether first generation requires to be born in the country.
0: Well, no, I actually think it is, requires you to be born so, in the country. So you No, would, that's second
1: generation. So you would be second, second. generation. No, second generation is if you're born in the country. Okay. okay. First, generation first generation is if you move to, to you. the country.
2: Okay. So I'm first generation. So yeah, us actual immigrants are first generation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, so for the listeners out there, if you couldn't tell, his sure. name is Sun Chan. He's, you know, Vietnamese. Vietnamese. And I just had a question. In In the Humble area, there's something that I've noticed, and it's a trend. And there's a lot of the nail salons have names. And I've wondered, do <laughs> Vietnamese people or Asian people not run their business names by people who understand English very well? <laughs> Example? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's two nail salons. One of them is called... This
3: is
1: going to get real
2: racist in a second. Here we go.
1: It's,
0: it's just an honest question. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good, good thing you're with- from Canada.
1: <laughs> 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 All right, let's 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 hear it. Let's get, it. So let's the get first, into it.
0: This first nail salon opened up like a year ago just yeah. down the street from my house, and it's called Nails of Heavenly. And so I'm like, okay, I'm kind of used to it, though. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really make sense in English all that much. I mean, I would think, switch it around and just call it Heavenly Nails. Sure. But, so then my sister-in-law told me a couple weeks ago that she went to a new nail salon, and she said she went there because the name was odd. And I said, oh, was it that Nails of Heavenly place? And she goes, no, no, it's another new place. It's called Taco Nail. And I said, Taco (laughs) Nail? What, do they serve tacos? And she said, no. She said... I thought the name made no sense. So I went in and said, do you have tacos or do you n- do nails? Like what are there toenails in the food or like what's going on? So she said, she talked to the owner and the owner said, oh no. When I first moved to Texas, the first thing I ate was a taco. So I just called my business
1: Taco Dell. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, did you run that by anybody first? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's always an option when you live in a place where a lot of people speak the language, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a funny thing that we you know, we always make fun of like when we see like you know people in China or Japan wearing those English T-shirts, and making no sense at all. Yeah, but at the same time, how many people have like Chinese symbols and Japanese symbols tattooed somewhere on their arm or on their yeah. their <laughs> belly and their back that make no sense if you're like a native speaker too, right? I think it goes both ways. I think you know everybody can do a better <laughs> job of you know verifying what they're actually saying. I think it's just the novelty of the language sometimes, right? They like that sounds good. Let's just call it that, and they don't really bother doing much more research into it, just like the guys with the tattoos don't really, it looks cool. What does it mean? Pride. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't mean pride. Uh, So I think that's, that's part of the explanation for it. And, you know, I think that some of the time, sometimes when you come over here, your, your community, I mean, you think that there's a lot of English speakers around. Yeah. But your community, when we first moved to Canada was just a few Vietnamese families. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we knew, there were white people who spoke English, but we didn't know them, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we could say, hey, I'm opening business. Would you mind proofreading all my stuff for me? You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like, hey, you know, other Vietnamese guy, does this look good to you? He's like, yeah, <laughs> that looks great. <laughs> Call it Taco Nails. That's, I think people are going to like that. You know what I mean? So I think that's part of the reason for those kind of names.
2: So that know. was probably like yeah. the safest time in your life if you didn't know a bunch of white people. <laughs> like, well, we, I mean, no we chance, all like around made us. Into a we just didn't know and... them.
1: Yeah, they just weren't <laughs> friends of ours.
0: As long as you didn't run into Luca Magnota, you're fine. Who? You don't know who Luca Magnota is? Luca Magnota. The no. butcher of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is this like young? Uh, this young okay, this was like five or six years ago. It was this young guy. he was a model and uh, he like hacked a person to death and then he oh. like put the videos up. He started with putting up videos on YouTube of him killing cats. There's a whole documentary on Netflix Jeez. about it. And but then like people who were upset about it, who saw the videos, like started investigating it, and they would like find things and then tell the police. Wow! And they finally like, and then he finally murdered someone on YouTube. What? And then yeah, it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. And he was in uh, he was in Toronto and Montreal. Yeah,
1: like, that he must went be a part of YouTube. I don't get a chance to see very often.
0: <laughs> I, I never heard
1: about it
2: till probably like, sold four hundred and fifty tickets though. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was that's crazy. like the dark tube.
0: Yeah, right? that's like that's like I, the only. I have like no the most interest. Most famous in that Canadian kind of I know crap. of, I think, <laughs> except for so. Is that, that
2: the documentary called like "Don't Fuck with Cats"?
0: Yeah, that's that documentary. Is it's that really what that's good. about?
1: Yeah, that's the name. Eh.
2: Yeah, that's the wow. name. Wow,
0: it's really, it's really good. I thought it was like something, like, I didn't. I thought it was just something about cats or funny, and I was like, oh, I'll check this out, and then yeah. it just like went really dark really fast, and I was like. What is wrong? And I was like,
2: whoa. And it's just like this crazy story. And some, for some reason, whenever that stuff comes out of Canada, it's always shocking to me. Because yeah. everybody that I know, everyone I know that's Canadian, because I literally live on the Canadian border. Oh, yeah. We know. Yeah. So it's like the most nice, plain Jane, normal, everyday people. You know, hi-ho, neighbor. My friend uh, my
1: friend went to college down in uh, near the Detroit border there, I think. In, uh, is Ottawa near you guys?
2: No. Uh No. But Windsor, 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 Windsor's that's probably where he went to school.
1: He went to Windsor and he said every weekend, the, uh, the, uh, 19 year old, the uh, Americans would come over yeah. and start drinking <laughs> their faces off because it's only like an hour away. Right.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, they changed that law eventually, but yeah, yeah. it was so uh, all the
1: Detroit girls would come over across the border and like party it up so hard at the bars in Windsor.
2: <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of Canadian guys getting some easy ass back in those days. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, What brought you to Houston in the States?
1: Uh, work, work, man. Yeah, I uh, so I, I work, uh, and then I got a job in uh, New York, actually, first. So we were there for about a year and a half, maybe a little bit longer, and then uh, we uh, got pregnant with our first born, my son, and uh, we just realized New York wasn't a place to raise kids, at least not for us. I mean, mm-hmm. people, people do it, obviously, but yeah. I... I looked around the city. I'm like, it's a fun city if you're a single person or if you're a young couple with no kids. But, man, raising a kid in New York is hard and it's expensive. Yeah. And I got a good job. Uh, but even that wasn't really enough to keep us, you know, kind of, you know, we were kind of like middle classish in New York <laughs> with the money yeah. I was making. Uh, you need yeah, to I like always wondered how job.
2: people out in those places survive because, like, it's, you even go to visit and they're like, How could you afford to live here? Oh,
1: it's crazy. We had a 500 square foot apartment. We're paying $2,200 a month for that. Oh, my
2: God. Did you live in Manhattan? That's what I mean. Yeah. And that's in trying to stay out of a not bad neighborhood. I mean. Right,
1: right. We were in Hell's Kitchen. It wasn't that good a neighborhood. It was okay Mm -hmm. uh, by New York standards. Uh, And then New York has like, so New York has a state, uh, obviously a federal income tax, right? Mm -hmm. New York has a state income tax. And then you pay a city income tax in Manhattan. Oh, my goodness. On
2: top of that?
1: On top of all that. So once you get all done, I was probably close to 50% tax on my oh income my there. God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right. And there's no big superstores there and that kind of stuff. We didn't have a car. So like you're ordering all your food to be delivered to your apartment. And so you order like five apples. <laughs> it's like eight bucks, <laughs> you know, from these delivery services. So, you know, you can go down the bodega and buy some stuff too, but it's not yeah. that much cheaper down there. No. Um, and everybody just eats out all the time in New York because your apartments are so small. You don't want to. Yeah. be in your apartment that's kind of depressing <laughs> yeah I
0: visited <laughs> Manhattan and New York for the first time yeah. uh, a couple years ago and I'd always wanted to go there I city. have two friends who live in New Jersey yeah. and after <laughs> just being Jersey. there for a couple days I was like now I see why you guys live in New Jersey and not New York and I was it's like fun, I want to visit fun. but I yeah. don't ever want to live there so much energy
1: we actually enjoyed our time living there right? we did it until we had our first kid and then we looked for a place where I could uh, you know work and have a, a you know, nice house with a yard and everything and uh had a head owner call me up and offer me this job. He said, Check out the uh, real estate site, har.com here. Mm-hmm. It's a real estate site here in, the, in Houston. So I checked it out and I was like, I can't believe that you can buy a house for this much money in America. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. People in the Philippines probably come over, like, what? <laughs> Owe me that much? Just give me four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I came down here and uh, took the job, and I, I, I've worked at a number of different companies down here since then. And uh, but it's hard. It's a trap in Houston because you come down here. The houses are so cheap that it's hard to move away from the city. Like I've been offered jobs in other cities. Yeah, and then I look at the housing. I got one <laughs> time there's a job I was an in interview for. It was in California, mm-hmm. just south of L.A., uh-huh. and there was nothing there for like under eight hundred thousand dollars. And even that was like nineteen fifties. One level two bedroom bungalow, yeah, that needed another like $200,000 in repairs <laughs> to make it livable in this like terrible area of town. I was like, I can't afford to live here,
0: guys. Like, so. I lived in California for 26 years. Oh, yeah, what part? Uh, I lived in central and northern California, so east, but well, I spent like Bakersfield. M- I lived in Bakersfield for oh, two did? years, okay. but then I even most of it, I lived up north, yeah, in like I lived just outside of Yosemite National Park. Wow. for like 10 years yeah. total. And then I lived down in the valley between San Francisco and Yosemite, okay. like in the Modesto area. Right. So I lived there for oh, most of my like teenage years. And then I also lived up in the Napa Valley for a couple years too. Napa Valley? Yeah, so I wow. lived a lot of places. You a wine guy? Yeah, <laughs> I lived in a lot of places all over California. Yeah. And- So, like, I was just so used to that environment and the price and the cost of living and everything there. My brother moved out here first, and then a couple years later, he's like, hey, you want to come here? I can get you a decent job. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I came here, and I was like, wow, everything's so much cheaper. And people will throw jobs at you. Here they give houses away. Yeah, It was crazy. (laughs) So then, yeah, in Detroit, they give them away. Oh, there's no people left, man. No. (laughs) And
2: then... What about Juan has crying? no neighbors. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know a single neighbor that I have. I don't know a, I don't know a name. Not, they could be committing crimes. I have no idea.
1: This is not even this is not even Juan's shed is like somebody else's shed. He just yeah. uses it. Just, yeah, they <laughs> don't, don't even know. There. They don't come back here. <laughs> you
0: know, I I moved here, yeah. got set up and I love it here. Like I really do. Like I don't mind humidity. I don't yeah. mind the heat. I like it. I don't like the cold. I can't I can't stand Michigan in the winter. I don't like the north. But being here in Houston, like, oh, this is great. And one of my friends just got married like a year and a half ago. Yeah. His wife is a school teacher. He sells like light fixtures. They they don't they do okay, but they don't make very well good money. And so he's like, Oh, I was like, when are you gonna come visit? And he's like, Oh, we can't come visit, we're saving to buy a house. I was like, Why? I know how much houses are out there. He's like, Well, we really want a house. I was like, obviously, but I was like, move to Houston, she could get a better paying job, you could get a better paying job. Yeah. I was like, You could buy two houses and you could rent one out <laughs> and have that one pay for your mortgage. And he's like, "Well, we don't want to leave California." I was like, "Dude, <laughs> like it's <what>? warm here." <laughs> like, it's like you would. Colder. It was like you wouldn't. Have I it didn't mind visiting, working, saving for ten years to buy your house.
1: It's a it's a it's a real rat race out there. I was there for about a year, working for another job. That's where I met my wife actually She's from California, She's Irvine. Oh, okay, Southern California. Yeah. Met her out there when I was working, um, and then uh, we eventually moved back to Canada, and then we got married, and then we moved to New York, and then down here. So that's why I'm in Houston. So cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it's so you you know what it's like. Sometimes people are like they think California is just like, you know, I I I liked it, but the thing
2: is, man, everybody's so far away. They'd be like, Hey, we're gonna go see our friend blah blah blah, and then it's like a two and a half hour trip
1: and there's not a straight road in
2: that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So like coming from like like
1: nine freeways to get to their house. (laughs) Right. So I'm
2: like, you know, flatland Michigan where everything's just like straight it's a grid. And all of a sudden, I feel like I don't even know what direction I'm going because everything's so twisty and turny. I'm, like, nauseous. (laughs) Well,
1: Houston's not much better in terms of being spread out. Like, uh, you know, like, you and your girlfriend are, like, so far apart. But at least in Houston, when it's, like, not rush hour, you can actually get somewhere fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, I can get from, like, my place to my friend's house in Sharpstown, and that's, like, 59 south of the West West Park Tollway. That's, like, I can get there in, like, 35 minutes when there's no traffic. Right. During rush hour, it's taken me an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. but I just work. They're like, hey, you want to come? And I'm like, what time? Well, <laughs> that's, that's the depend. trouble, though,
1: with Southern California is that it doesn't matter what time it is. It's just traffic. Yeah. And if you're 20 miles away, it's always going to be an
2: hour. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's always going to be an hour and a half. But you, you do see it. some of the most interesting vehicles on Earth. <laughs> yeah. <In California>? Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, got... Just because... I think stuff just doesn't rot. I see vehicles that I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, he's he's like hear everything rusting. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they use salt on the roads here and everything. So it's like, you know, vehicle, oh, yeah. vehicles don't last. You don't see a 1950s car that still yeah. runs yeah. with a clown in it driving by. It's like, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I I just was always amazed at how they could live out there because it was so expensive. You know, I was like, yeah. I, I had a friend that he, he was, he's pretty wealthy, you know, and he bought well, I thought he bought a home in in Key West because he was going yeah. re- to retire. Half a million dollars, and it's yeah. a trailer.
3: Oh, yeah, <laughs> it
2: is crazy. a literal like mobile home. Like I mean, it's on the beach and everything. Yeah, but a half a million dollars.
1: I don't, I don't get how you do it.
2: Like know. what? What in the hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they don't have kids and everything. I guess you know so whatever. But man, I I just can't imagine ever putting that kind of money into. Something so unfulfilling. You, know, like. ah, wow.
1: you laugh at him now. He probably sell it in two years for like three quarters of a million dollars. Or so That's yeah, true. probably.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so back to the comedy. uh What like we kind of touched on it before, but like what inspires your jokes? Like, do you have any certain outside of your family? Any other inspiration, or just the observations that you make throughout the day?
1: Yeah, I mean, whatever I find funny, man. Obviously, I spend so much time with my family that you know they they give me a lot of material for jokes. But uh, I also write for Barry Lamnick's show on KPRC here in Houston. He has a mm-hmm. sports show uh, where he does a segment. It's kind of like a weekend update kind of segment where we make jokes about sports news and stuff like that. I write for his show every week. And we've been doing that for almost a year now. Uh, so that's uh, been a lot of fun just uh, writing about things that I wouldn't normally write about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write uh, shows for uh, jokes for specific shows. I've got a show that came up on February 1st at the Secret Group called Too Soon, where it's a current event show. Mm-hmm. I rarely write about current events because I find one, it's not what I do, but two also like if you're about current events, you can't really use that joke in a year, right? It's kind of like, Uh. Hey, remember last year when Trump did, and you know, nobody cares anymore. Right. So I try to write stuff like it's not going to be stale by the time I do it. Right. Uh, But I'm on that show. So I'm going to have to write jokes for that show. I try to do like the roast battles, which I find fun writing jokes for the roast battles. So I try to, stretch oh review. that would probably be pretty fun huh it is a lot of fun it takes a lot of yeah it takes a real mindset to write a, a good roast joke i get and roasted all the time. time but uh have
0: you heard the episode we did with doug dalton and nick palermo
1: no i was listening to uh sandra okay. Dee's before i got to your place.
0: they roasted him for like an hour and a half
1: oh did they yeah
0: <laughs> and
2: i
1: thoroughly enjoyed it that's great
2: <laughs> but i realized yeah. like that's that's it's tough yeah, I mean, Doug and Nick.
1: Doug and Nick started together, I think, around the same time. I remember Doug. Uh, Doug is a kind of funny story. Doug, uh, when he first started here in Houston, pissed me off so much one time at open mic. <laughs> I was, I was there. I was about three and a half years in. I had just started featuring at the clubs here in town, and not, that doesn't mean a damn thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go anywhere and say hey, I'm a feature. like Let me out. I had signed up for the mic. Like okay. I sat down. I I put my name on the mic. I wasn't trying to, like, you know, pull a rank at anybody. I'm waiting for my turn. <laughs> and Doug Dalton, as his new host of this mic, was just letting everybody bump. He was just like, oh, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, I'll put you in front of this guy here. No worries. I'm two hours. I signed up number seven on the mic. I'm two hours in. I haven't even gone up yet because Doug <laughs> is just letting everybody and their dog get on stage before me. And I just finally I just leave. And then I rant about it the next day on the Facebook page, <laughs> and, and it gets back to Doug, and then we had a talk, and he's like, "Hey, sorry, I didn't know that." I'm like, "It's fine, man. Just I, I get bumping that, but just you got to be reasonable, <laughs> Like, you shouldn't be making a guy wait for two hours when you're number seven on the list, you know? Like, but it's part of the game. But it's just, I got crazy that night. So, but me and him, we're, we're friends now. We're all worked out.
0: Yeah, that was he him and Nick are really funny guys they are
1: I mean,
2: those two are are, are funny when they get together. You well, know? yeah, so. and they're also the the ones you're talking about that will be out there five nights a week and you know oh, yeah driving for an hour to do five minutes because they, they, yeah. they were kind of saying the same thing you said, which was you know it's not the best area for comedy, so it's like you may have to go far to get any yep. real time, you're gonna be moving around.
1: Yeah, there's too many comics, not enough clubs. Unfortunately, Houston is down to one full-time comedy club. Six million people in the greater metro area. One wow. full-time comedy club in Houston. That's not even... I'm from Calgary in Canada. Mm-hmm. Calgary has what 1.25 million people right now. They have three comedy clubs in Calgary, <laughs> plus two weekly shows that sell out. Uh, they're not real comedy clubs, but they sell out. And they don't just give away tickets. They sell out the uh-huh. show at like $10 a head or whatever it is, right? So, basically, they have the equivalent of four comedy clubs in Calgary, and the city like is
2: not even one-fifth the size of Houston.
0: I wonder why that is. Well, we I have such know. a huge city here and that it doesn't sell out. You know, so it's Utah, scary
2: because you wonder, like, is the internet just taking over? It's like, are people <laughs> now not going to like want to see a physical comedy? I like love to go like for the whole experience, right? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. see the person on stage.
1: It's so much better think, live. Yeah, yeah,
2: you're connected. That's yeah. why I it's really a, it's enjoy it. a live medium. Right. Yeah, but so
1: who, who's going to turn down the netflix money nobody's turned down netflix money no netflix comes to you says you want to do a special we'll give oh you no everybody's, money. Yeah, yeah, every, <laughs> yeah. everybody you're taking that money i don't yeah. care what kind of purist you are <laughs> yeah. like. you see Chappelle on there you see louis ck on there you see yeah. all those guys on there right
2: yeah it's, it's a sad thing i
1: heard from an older guy in town here andy huggins he said that back in the heyday houston had six six or seven comedy clubs can you imagine that wow yeah, Six we have one clubs, but it's Detroit it's not clubs a lot of clubs funny and like shit. maybe like a tenth of the number of comics trying to get work at those clubs. Mm-hmm. Now we got ten times more comics and like
0: one club. It's sad. So it's just really tough here.
1: It is. Everybody, everybody's vying for those slots at the improv. Everybody's vying to open up at the secret group. Right? They're all. You're all trying to get noticed by the bookers and the. But there's only so many slots, and they have only so much time to really consider you know, someone else for the, the slots.
2: I wonder if there's going to be a change. Is there going to be a, a new way, a new avenue to showcase people where they can generate enough revenue to open more clubs and things like that? Because something well, has to be done differently, yeah. I hope. I mean, obviously, comedy is never going to die. It can't.
1: The club model is tough because, I mean, you're really making your
2: money at three, maybe four nights a week, right? Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Got three nights a week where you're not doing anything. That's why you know people got mad when the the other uh, club in town, Joke Joint, that closed down. By the way, <laughs> so the Joke Joint uh, closed down. But uh, they had Stormy Daniels come in one day, and people were just up in arms at, at a comedy club, you know having Stormy Daniels come in and do something. Not because they have Stormy Daniels, because like she wasn't a comic. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, guys, they gotta they gotta fill those seats. They yeah. can't have empty room for like three nights, four nights a week, right? They gotta if she can you know sell 400 tickets, like what do you guys care? You know, the I mean, if it keeps the place open, shows. so you can yeah. go up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I mean, and and like, they all forgot that the improv has like magic shows for kids on Saturdays. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, why isn't they mad about that? That's not comedy. Yeah, or...
0: I went through the improv schedule and I was like, not all this is comedy. And no. then like it clicked. I was like, well, they need to have this place open. Like they can't
1: operate without generating revenue. I think the improv also has a defensive driving course that gets hot there. I think.
0: That's funny. Because I, I know the Joke Joint comedians. had that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and they have comedians teaching the course, right? But they, whatever, <laughs> that sounds whatever to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. Speaking of teaching, you uh, wanted to plug your stand-up <laughs> class?
1: Do I? Uh, Do I? <laughs> <laughs> taking a lot of flack from the like comics in town for the stand-up comedy course I'm about to teach. <laughs> <laughs> why is that? Uh, that is a good question. I don't know why that is. Here's, here's interesting bar about, about, about comics is that we get very upset uh, if we're working comics or you know, semi-professional comics, it, about people asking us to do a comedy show for free. Mm-hmm. you Come do my show. How much does it pay? Ah, uh, you get a lot of exposure. Well, exposure doesn't pay my bills, right? Yeah. Right. So We get very upset about that. We want to get paid for our comedy. Uh, some comics will record video sets for other comics. They get paid for that. Yeah. Right? Uh, whatever eat, I make a poster you for your comedy show, I get paid for that. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we get paid for everything we do in comedy. For some reason, the one thing we can't get paid for is to teach comedy. Why not? <laughs> I, I, I'm still, I'm asking you the question. I don't know why that is. Uh, one thing I've been told is that they feel like you're just ripping people off because they get the same experience just by signing to open mic, hanging around comics, and, and, and getting the information for free. Mm-hmm. I know Barry Laminick, my friend, does a free workshop at the Improv every uh, Tuesday night, which is a good place if you're a young comic in Houston trying to start out. But my thing is this, I'm like, that worked for us. you know. That worked for all of us in the scene. We all did that. We learned that way. But for some people, that's just not the way they want to learn things. That's not sure. the way they can learn things. If I wanted to learn about cars, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. And say, Juan knew a lot about cars. You knew a lot about cars. I wouldn't just hang out with you to find out about cars. I would probably sign up for a course. And I'd go to the classroom. i sit down. i learn from a guy. He teaches me. And here's a structured course and a program and i've got you know materials and you can read this and i could probably pick that up a lot faster that way as far as cars go uh then i could spending months with you guys kind of learning a little bit at a time and you know we're probably joking around half time anyway you're <laughs> not really <laughs> learning a lot so i think there's a, a a purpose that it serves for some people and the other side of it is that you know they say well people are trying to scam people by not doing a good job of this or just giving them like you know, crap information. So I'm working really hard at developing a curriculum which I hope will give people a real sense that they've gotten value for their money. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it for the money either. I mean, I don't need the money from this, this gig. It's, you know, but I, I'm trying to do something that just keeps me interested in what I'm doing right now, which is comedy. I'm trying to really, it helps me also focus on, you know, why is comedy funny? Mm-hmm. You know, what is a good skill to have to be a good comedian? What are the the rules of writing that you should follow to be, good writer of jokes right and by doing that i think by 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 teaching yourself to teach someone else i think it also enhances your skills Mm -hmm. so i'm getting a lot of it as well and i hope to get a package of materials together that's real materials it's not just me coming there and saying hey i'm a comic uh here's a couple things i thought about before i came to the (laughs) the class tonight yeah yeah try that try that that might work you know, I mean, I'm I'm really researching the comedy part of it. I'm really researching why things are funny and getting examples of jokes and sitting down and trying to figure out, you know, how best to introduce someone to stand-up comedy mm-hmm.
2: you well, know, without turning them off. I know that for myself, I I, I looked at that information a lot, and I know yeah. that in past experience, for instance, I used to play pool a lot. And the way that I got from being, like, an average okay – like, my natural skill was okay – but the, when I got way better was when I finally met this gentleman who was just like, he he was like a like pro, like master. Yeah. And I thought, you know, he was like, he kind of like took me under his wing, right? We became friends. Sure. And I thought we were, you know, he was just going to give me some magical powers or something. But basically what it was, was <laughs> he taught me how to do the drills. Right. Right. Okay. This shit was boring. Right. But it worked. Right. And it taught me rhythm it taught me how to shoot how to shoot straight it taught me how to and so then i was able to apply it and i know that yeah. when i think about doing stand-up comedy or whatever that's why i was talking about going to second city i think prior to the show was because yeah i don't i don't listen i don't want to i'm not arrogant i'm not and i'm not saying that people are arrogant for not wanting to learn from someone else i'm just yeah. saying as a as i got older i realized it is probably almost always better to learn from someone with experience in doing what sure. you're doing. Because yeah. so with comedy, too, a lot of it, people don't realize, I think when they're listening or watching comedy, that there's a rhythm. If you can't get that rhythm to where people are anticipating laughing, they don't even know that they're in that rhythm, then it's going to be hard to have a flowing situation. And if you don't know how yeah. to set up or write jokes to literally make them fit in that that feel... Then, yeah. And how are you going to learn that? You think you're smart enough to say, I mean, maybe some people are. I knew I are. wasn't. but <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of people that are. We A lot of us have done that just by doing right.
1: it. But I think I there's a lot of natural ability,
2: stuff. but I think you could yeah. learn, though, and it, it would make yeah. you progress faster, I think.
1: That's exactly what it is. I think I could accelerate someone's journey into doing stand-up comedy a little bit, right? Because it took me a long time to figure out you know, some of the things that I know now so if I can teach it to you in a course that you know goes for eight classes you know you're a little bit further ahead in the game and if it's worthwhile it's great and if I teach it and I feel like I'm not really giving the people the value for their money I probably just I, I, I just stop doing it you mm-hmm. know what I mean I'm not in the I'm not here to take people's money for nothing And yeah. if I get back a lot of bad feedback says this class wasn't worth my time well <laughs> then yeah maybe the comics are right then <laughs> you know what should teaching comedy uh, but I don't think it's bad to offer it to people and to try to do a real honest job in, in creating a real program for them.
2: So. And like you said, yeah. too, I think that also would keep your interest in seeing who's interested and who's up and coming and what you have to work with and what's, you know, uh, because people are so different. Yeah. And you can be teaching someone with a completely different background who's going to do completely different material than yeah. you would ever do, but, you, but those same principles could still apply. And so, yeah. I, yeah, I'm all for that. I think if I was ever going to do that, that's exactly yeah. the route I would go. Come
1: on down to Houston, April, man. Beta Theater, <laughs> stand-up comedy, introduction to stand-up comedy class. We're starting in April. Uh, I don't think he has a course up yet, but uh, keep checking the Beta Theater website okay. if you guys are interested.
0: Yeah, I actually
1: am interested.
2: I in need things. a reason to stay for a few months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just disappear one. I've Just be like, these babe, five. I'll be back in a couple months. i see you by July. <laughs>
2: when you coming back, Um uh, Sometime.
1: <laughs> just bring some of that legal weed from Canada and just sell it for two months down here. It's oh, like, he
2: can get it in <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, oh, we well can. It's like, legal oh, here yeah. now. Yeah. Wow. Well, as of uh December 1st.
1: Medical mm-hmm. or recreational?
2: Both. Recreational, Both? yeah. Hey hey. There you yeah. Go. Yep. yep, definitely. i w I'm interested in it because
0: I'm I'm one of those people that I don't ever want to stop learning. Yeah. Like I always there's always new things I want to try. And yeah. so like I'm always like, hey, you don't know, want to try it. Maybe I'm not gonna turn it into a career, but that's something I've always been really interested in. Sure. And I've always, like, I, I have jokes that I say, and outside of, like, my jokes where I mock Juan or the jokes that I write, <laughs> but I, I screwed Juan over last week. I wrote a joke, and I, I basically had him convinced he was North Korean, and he didn't know about it. It was pretty good. Uh, but...
2: Hook, <laughs> I've, line, I've and really sinker. Very,
0: yeah, hook, line, and sinker. I it's took that bait
2: so week. for real. I was like, man, I, even after the show, I was like, yo, uh... You got me really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me
0: really
2: good. I've, I've always
0: wanted to like work on better delivery because I'll have these ideas in my head and I think they're funny and I don't expect everybody to think that all oh, my jokes are funny. Like Juan and I have a very similar sense of humor, like just what, last week? Okay, not to disparage anybody, I'm not mocking tragedy, just to preface this, I've had my own tragic events in my life, so I'm not mocking any sort of death or tragedy, but I was watching the movie Deepwater Horizon about the oil tank too soon (laughs) too soon
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm mocking this tragedy that happened like 10 years ago is that is that too soon (laughs) Uh, you're fine so
0: (laughs) so i'm just saying that because sometimes i I, like and we live in texas and louisiana this is just off the coast like not too far away so anybody well, out there this up. is just like how my brain works just to let you know so i'm watching this movie and it gets to the part where like the oil rig blows up and like a bunch of people die and like i'm like oh that's like really sad and it's immediately very sad like in a guttural way and then my brain just goes to i wonder if anybody was taking a dump right and that happened Yeah. and so then i was like then i was like i can't tell anybody this but this is a funny thought. I was like, I just have to tell Juan because he's about the only person I know that I could say this to without a negative reaction.
1: I already have a joke about the Ukrainian airliner Iran shot down. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? As comics, we just don't, there's just no sacred ground out there. Yeah. As long. Yeah,
3: but there is though. Yeah.
1: No, no, as long as you make it funny, the trouble is the more, the more sacred the ground is, the better your joke Better be. Better be. okay. You yeah. can't make a lame joke about a real tragic incident, because then you're going to take some heat for that. But if you make a brilliant joke about something, it <laughs> doesn't matter what the topic is, uh, people are going to appreciate that joke. Uh, and now, some people are still going to hate you for it. Yeah. Some people that you can't, there's some people that have like, you know, they're off limits and you can't joke about these certain things and they're never going to accept anything you do. But generally, if you're like, if you got a good sense of humor and you understand it's a comedy thing, you can joke about anything. You just got to be careful, right? So like, I yeah, because I, like,
2: I always thought about that. I'm like, why are you watching comedy? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: I I guess it's like kind of playing cards against humanity. You ever played that?
1: No, I I, I don't have time.
0: <laughs> I've we I've played it with Juan. I played it with yeah. some of my friends here in Houston, yeah. and we would always like you have to like kind of plan your card out based upon sure. what the other person because somebody yeah. else is you want them to pick your card, yeah. and so my ke- friends. Would occasionally try and pick cards and they thought, oh, he's got a dark sense of humor. He's going to think it's hilarious. But then they would make terrible jokes about Nazis doing something terrible. And I'm yeah. like, Nazis is just one thing. I'm like, you can't really joke about that a whole lot. Like, they did yeah. some really messed up stuff. For me, on a personal level, I'm yeah. just like, I don't find that very humorous. Sure. And so they were like, what? But we thought, I'm like, we can say twisted, messed up stuff, all the rest of that about anything else, but like,
1: hard stop right there. Yeah, that's a problem with the other young comics. So they think they can go up there and do that kind of stuff. They don't have the the chops yet mm-hmm. and so you get a lot of young comics especially young white comics for some reason they <laughs> just feel that, <laughs> that here's a stage I finally get a chance to say the n-word oh <laughs> no you know what I mean do and people I mean, really do this oh it, at least once every month or so someone posts on the com uh, on our page on Facebook like so and so went up there and dropped the n-bomb a few, it's always a new comment dropped the n-bomb a few times they just feel like this is their chance to Edgy or whatever it is, and just prove how amazing they are. And here's a new angle on it, and it's just horrible. Oh my god, the higher the stakes, the better your joke has. Yeah, but the
2: harder your fall, too. I mean, you don't (laughs) want to go into that territory, absolutely, man, absolutely.
1: Which is, you know, and that's I don't purposely stay away from uh those kind of things but it's just whatever i find funny if i can find it funny and the ukrainian airline joke is i don't make fun of them being shot necessarily (laughs) it's more around the circumstances around sort of how this dumb thing happened yeah uh but yeah i I try to i try to you know just do things i find funny in life and you know the things i find funny in life are things i experience most in life which is my kids and my family and uh, being here as a, as a Canadian in America and watching this crazy country kind of spiral down the abyss, <laughs> while the while the stock market is just crushing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're like, <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to make fun of Canada. Now I'm like really glad yeah. it's not far, because if the Good shit place. goes down, I can make it. Yeah, <laughs> I can get I'm, across the border. Sure.
1: You can you can walk an hour. It's yeah, a, shit. yeah, I'm I'm definitely retiring in Canada. I am not gonna spend like my entire month's salary on. Pills down here <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen <laughs> give, me the, give me the free pills in Canada
2: that's, that's <laughs> nice. yeah, But I no had one needs them Because it's so chill no, <laughs> I never I heard a... anybody in Canada going like Oh I'm having another anxiety attack In these woods yeah. like, No one ever <laughs> says that no. it's always well, calm I, and peaceful. I, had
1: a, I had my babies down here I have a great job I have great insurance I paid a few grand out of pocket to have a baby down here. Uh-huh. My sister had her baby in Canada. She paid two hundred dollars total to have her baby in Canada. Here's why she paid two hundred dollars. She asked for a private room. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so a private room costs a hundred dollars a night in Canada in a hospital.
2: Oh my goodness. Otherwise
1: it would have been completely free for her.
2: So if the oh hotels my- are booked. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> It's not a bad deal. So, no, it's great. Get Get fed, and, laying and, in know, bed. Her daughter,
1: yeah, and her daughter had this like really serious condition, and she had to donate like you know her liver to her daughter, and they both had the operation. And this would have killed most oh, families. Oh man, you're talking yeah. three
2: hundred thousand in a year. Yeah, it year. would have
1: bankrupted families in the oh. year. You would have been selling. You would moving back your parents, all this kind of stuff.
2: Nothing. That's why a lot of people end up here destitute when they get older yeah. because they get you know they get older and they you know they they don't have the health care coverage they need. No, and like it's ridiculous. You're you're one heart attack away from just being having nothing. No. You know. when, you,
1: when you got insulin that costs you a thousand dollars a month, you got a, a you know the EpiPen that costs five hundred dollars a pen now. I mean, how do you afford that on a social security check? It's impossible, yeah. right? My parent, my uh, sister, the whole thing with her daughter cost her the cost of gas driving back and forth in the two cities, Edmonton in Canada. And Calgary, sorry, and that's pretty much all it costs. And they stayed at Ron McDonald House when they were up there <laughs> for free as well. <laughs> it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was it was so it's so great to see that in the country that I still kind of call home, to see the people are still taking care of each other. Right. It's a real difference here in the U.S. Is like whenever you talk about healthcare in the U.S., the overriding position people have here, the overriding question everybody has here is like, who's gonna pay for that? Right. Uh, that's a question everybody has. Okay. Who's gonna pay for that in Canada? People the the thing they say is that could be me one day. And I think that's the difference between the two countries. That that's the attitude change when you go to Canada versus here. Right.
0: So I think that just sounds like a more selfless attitude, like, oh, that could be me, so I need to help out now. And that's a that's actually a great attitude and mentality. And you're
1: not paying that much more taxes, guys. I, I I have not noticed a huge debt in my paycheck from being mm-hmm. here in the US versus being in Calgary in Canada when I worked up there. I have I really haven't, honestly. And if you consider that just that you're just paying a little bit more as insurance for something bad happens to you, that's mm-hmm. that's the way you should think about it. Yeah. Because my insurance here
2: that I pay for my job yeah. costs way more than when I was paying <laughs> extra in taxes. And then when you get I to pay. the doctor they're like and we need a copay also. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, by the way, you haven't hit your huge deductible for the year yet.
2: (laughs) You're not at 7,000 yet, I could buy
0: a couple cars with it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, it's crazy. You know, you talk to some of the Americans out here, and they're all concerned about socialism and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm not sure you guys know what that word means. (laughs) You know, I was was pretty free in Canada. I had a lot of private stuff in Canada I owned myself. (laughs) You know, the government wasn't taking all my stuff, guys. So, yeah, Yeah, moved to Canada. You guys love it.
0: If it wasn't so hot oh, Chris I said hot, it wasn't so cold, cold and snowy. Ah, Juan Juan you could tell. You can get
2: used to it, huh? <laughs> Look at him. He's yeah. in a,
1: it's the middle of winter, he's in a sweat, he's in a hoodie. Yeah, it's he's like good.
2: uh thirty one in here. Yeah. He's <laughs> good. Fine. Just gotta eat a little more, you know? Right. <laughs> you you just eat a little more no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it made sense. He's steak,
1: getting ready tonight. for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> That's a winter way right there. That is, way. it it
2: actually is. <laughs> and then in summer I have a totally different wardrobe. By because summer, I just sweat deep. it out. It's not because I exercise. I just, I just sweat it off. God, if I lived in Houston, I'd probably be skinny. Jesus. <laughs> probably Except you got all those crazy restaurants over there. we in Houston? Oh, yeah. Like crazy every best. kind of, Well, I mean, like you have specialized restaurants for everything. Oh, uh, yeah. huge.
1: It's a huge uh, mix of people. That is great. You're like, you know, great I want an
2: authentic Polish whatever, and you can just walk down the street and it was a Polish bakery. You've, you've or got something.
1: Polish. You've got Polish bakeries in Detroit.
2: Yeah, you come on. Yeah, but they're it's not in Polish. really good neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> the Polish ghettos. Well, I, I gotta drive kind of far to Hamtramck. You know? I think no. Polish
0: people are like the last like group of people you can just mock openly and nobody cares.
2: Uh
1: no, no, you can mock Asians a lot of times. <laughs> I find a lot. Of, I go to a lot of mics and I find a lot of comics. Still busting out these hacky Asian <laughs> jokes. Just, and was like, nah. I oh, know, guys.
0: Speaking of bad Asian jokes. Oh, uh, yeah, one? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I don't have. Okay. Just to. Okay, like, this is the first time I've ever had this conversation with an Asian. Okay, sure. correction. Second time. Uh, my uh, Jasmine and I's friend Hang, uh, she's also Vietnamese. So okay. we have our second Vietnamese guest on the show. I'm oh, so awesome. thrilled. What does Hang do? Uh, she's a uh, she cardiac. No, she's a cardiac oh. sonographer, but she's really, really funny. And okay. So I just had her on here. She's like, "Oh, I'm not a comic." I'm like, "I don't care. You're funny. We just got to have you on here." <laughs> Get her she's, out.
1: She's to the mics. I'm oh, serious. I
0: would, I would. She's like Juan would say. She's all class. Last time I hung out with her, we went out to dinner. Jazz and I. We sat down and she's like, "Hey, I got to tell you about what happened last weekend." And we're like, I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Well, she sits down, I'm like all happy. She's like, I was at a bar and I had to go to the bathroom to take a dump, and I was like, this is gonna be great." Yeah. No. Listen. If she has
1: any interest at <laughs> in all. Please hook us up because uh there are zero. This is amazing. There are, this is an amazing fact. There are zero Asian female comics in Houston. Really? Well zero. Oh I my gosh, she's got her people. own
2: demographic. Yeah. We, <laughs> got,
1: we got a huge Chinatown here, a huge Asian population in the city, zero Asian female comics. Wow,
2: it's man. Great. She could kill it.
1: Get her out here. Yeah, she could. If she's any good, she'd kill it. Funny thing is, is I think
0: you may have met her before because when I looked for you, I Went to look you up on Facebook oh, yeah. and I searched uh, your name. Yeah. And y- your name came up tagged in one of her pictures on her profile at like a Christmas party from 2017. <laughs> and so I was like, what's so the name I'm going uh, at it right now Hang Nguyen
1: H A N G N G N G U Y N. Uh huh. Hang Nguyen.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, do you? My name's pretty common though.
1: Sun not a, but it was, it was me though. To
0: your profile. And so I clicked on it because I was like, "This can't be the same Sun Tran." Wow. And your picture came up, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's you."
1: I'll look up later because I have no, I have no, no reception here at your house. Oh, at your lady's house. Oh, that's okay. This feels dangerous now. <laughs> <laughs> we have him here where he has no. I don't service. know where I am. My phone doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but
0: so, uh, oh man, where were, I was I was? And she's somewhere. Mexican, right? No, she's she's Jasmine. Jasmine. Jasmine's yeah. Mexican. Yeah. way. yeah. She's not gonna So you them. had this friend Hang
1: Yeah, get in a show. Dang it. With it.
0: Th- this happens to me all the
2: time. So how did she how did she tell you that they were connected? What? Did Hang? she tell oh, you how? she said
0: that she Hang said that uh she met you through her friend Dawn. And so
1: Oh, wait a minute, Dawn. yeah, Dawn's a white lady. Yeah. Lives on Sugar Sugarland. So Hang lives on the Sugar Land, right? Hang lives here. She lives she like just down here? the road. So maybe she was visiting her sister down there. I think she was. Okay, visiting. so Dawn is a lady who is a friend of ours through my son's jiu school. She has a bunch of Vietnamese friends who had a uh, Thanksgiving one year. And I was by myself at okay. Thanksgiving. My wife had gone on vacation with the kids somewhere. <coughs> and so Don invited me to hang out with her friends at their Thanksgiving. So that's maybe where I know I Hang. So she, okay. they did come to my show one time, the improv. Okay. That's yeah. hilarious. Holy, wow, this world is small. Yeah, it is small. It is small. Clear. that's it's, okay it's, that's cool
0: but i thought that was really weird i was like how i was like how do you know him and she's like i don't know what you're talking about then she
2: like looked up she's like
1: oh yeah i remember something
2: about that <laughs> right like, it oh, sounds I'm like a gonna... setup for a really racist asian joke where like they all know each other
1: <laughs> but, except they so, do
2: it's like yeah why?
1: but yeah that's where you're going with it you said something about being yeah an asian so joke. Yeah. They're,
0: they're so like <laughs> there's there's this been this i i'm trying to think of how to phrase this there's been this really embarrassing thing that has happened throughout my life so it didn't really happen until after my mom passed away. My mom passed away, and then uh my dad became more of his uh high school self, you could say, became more of his prankster jokes self, yeah, because my mom wasn't around anymore to like rein him in. yeah, so he has this thing he does, and it's not just with Asian people, although it happens primarily. like I just don't go to Asian restaurants with him anymore because I've learned if we go to the Chinese buffet, he'll sit down or the Chinese he'll be like He'll be like, oh, I'll have da, da poo poo, pla and And like to the waiter and everything. And I'm like, Dad, stop it. Does and he I, really? He, do it, uh, I don't know, he has not food.
1: had his ass kicked one time. No.
0: And I'm like, Dad. So I'm like, Dad. And he's like, What? That's just how they sound. So I'm talking to them how they sound. Like, it's not funny. It's humiliating. Oh my God. They're going to like
1: spit in our food I mean, or worse. Yeah, you've eaten a lot of spit. And so. You've like, eaten so much spit over yes. the last year to your dad. That's. <laughs> So He's like he's like, I'm not feeling good all the time. And I might have cancer. No, it's a spit. It's
0: just like a lot of spit. One of my friends didn't believe. He's like, but your dad's so nice. He wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, that really kind of blows my mind. So we went, to, wow. we went to pick up my friend from the airport. And on the way back, my dad was like, oh, there's this great Chinese place I want to go to. Yeah. And I told my friend, I was like, dude, Miguel, you're going to see it. He's like, I don't believe you. We sat down there. He did it. And Miguel was like red and embarrassed for us.
1: And he's does like, he do it for like, like Mexican restaurants? Or- yes.
0: And he does it. When he travels to Africa a lot, he does it to people in Africa too. And I'm like, no, what? Really. And he's like, that's how they sound. I'm like, it's not funny. <laughs> that's
1: how they, but that, they're not trying to sound that way.
0: No, that's but it's like, sound. that's just, that's their accent. And he thinks it's funny. He'll be like,
3: hey,
0: oh, or he'll say like, or he'll say like other like kind of like things where I'm like, dad, we want to get good service, not, you know, piss off all the service. Like we went to a it, Mexican restaurant one time and we sat down <laughs> and guy comes up. He's gosh. like, hello. of Juan was there. Juan was there this time. It was in Port Huron at a Mexican restaurant. And we sit down. And my dad, nobody says anything. And the guy's like really friendly. He's like, hey, how can I help you? And my dad just flat out goes, uh, I want chips and salsa on the table and I just keep it coming and your tip is directly proportional to how full that bowl is. And like, that was it. And we were all just like dumbfounded. I was like, dad, I was like, We want to get good service. He's like, well, now we will, because I laid down the law. And I was like, what? And he's, like, chuckling to himself. And I'm like, it's not funny. No no
2: case of white privilege there. (laughs) It's
1: not funny. Sykes, man. Yeah.
2: My my dad was, like, before the dementia fully took over, he was blatantly racist my entire life, which is why I probably am not. I grew up with just, like, the epitome of the angry, white, racist old guy. That yeah. was my dad. I mean, he would...
1: Wait a minute. Your name's Juan.
2: I'm adopted. I know, right? He, well, he thought he was getting people to clean his house, I think. But uh, no, I'm serious.
1: He I needed a, a gardener. I do. I do a fine I'm job. Just gonna, I'm going to adopt a gardener. I'm going to hire he got, a gardener. Right, exactly. he got him to
2: clean the windows. No joke. This is the truth. Uh, three years ago, my dad gave me a squeegee for Christmas.
1: So you were adopted as a baby? or
2: Yeah. And
1: they, they had a chance to rename you, but they didn't? Your name was Juan from the beginning? or
2: Yeah, well, they just translated into John. So I grew up as John Smith. No way. Yeah, yeah. It was really go, hard to Now get you laid. go by Juan. Yeah, it was a lot better to get laid by with the name Juan than John Smith. <laughs> it was like, who <laughs> are you right. going out with next week? His name's John Smith. That sounds like a white psycho. But your
1: background is, is Hispanic
2: then? Or yeah, Costa Rican.
1: Costa Rican. You know yeah.
2: that. Yeah. Okay. And a twin actually, sister that was I adopted at the same time.
0: He thinks it's Costa Rican, but I'm still pretty sure it's North
2: Korean. I don't oh, want
1: to. I, <laughs> I don't want to pry. Your, your oh parents, no, pry. Feel free. <laughs>
2: your,
1: your your parents gave you up for adoption, or they? Yeah. Or? Yep.
2: No. Nope, no. Nope. They gave okay. us up. There was, I guess, several other kids too. And then I, with oh, okay. a year and a half later, same couple had another baby. My parents uh-huh. adopted that baby, so I got uh-huh. my younger brother too. Oh no
3: way!
1: So my twin sister well, and my brother—that's pretty cool. And your parents are where around, or they're not around, or?
2: Well, my my dad's locked up in the uh, joint, the oh, okay. uh, for the mentally impaired. Oh okay. Uh, no, no, he he got uh, really bad, you know, dementia in the end there, and so he had to go to a home for like to deal with that because he got not only was he just racist. I mean, I'm not <laughs> trying to badmouth the guy at all, but it's just yeah. what he was. But he would yeah. get violent then. Oh, okay. And so, like, the police ran our house all the time. And oh, he would, wow. I mean, he would, you know, they would, you know, try and send her to the hospital. Yeah. And I don't know. Being in the hospital with someone who will say anything to anyone and hates everyone, yeah, Jeez. we would get kicked out of the hospital. Yeah. He would piss the doctors off to the point where they would make you, him you leave. Should,
1: yeah. You should die. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. They were just like, you know, because, you know,
2: if he found out they were Asian or Indian, yeah. I mean, he would just we say the most him, brutal eh? stuff. There's no. a video
1: of a lady in Canada that uh, went viral and <laughs> she uh, she had her son in the emer- emergency room. This is the emergency room. Your son's got a real issue that someone needs to look at and she was demanding a white doctor. Yeah. <laughs> My dad the would Indian, do that. The Indian doctor on call was not good enough for this lady so she <laughs> wanted a white doctor and the, the staff was like, you're not you don't get to choose your doctor. Like, <laughs> whoever is here, your son needs help. Isn't that more important than who the doctor is? <laughs> and she was just kicking him a fuss. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I got a, a friend down here who actually found his, uh, another comic in town, Greg Haney. He found his dad recently through 23andMe. Oh, wow. He really? 23 me. Yeah. And then a result came up and uh, somehow they got in touch with you. And it was a cousin or something like that. And it was like, yeah, I, I, I know your dad then. Like, that might be your dad. And so he got a hold of his dad, went to the, like Phoenix, I think, and met his dad for the first time ever. Oh, wow. He's like in his 30s. Whoa. Amazing. Yeah. yeah my, my,
2: my sister tried to find our family. She's been back to Costa Rica a couple times. And they were- oh, Okay. That's, uh, yeah. so that's, that's
1: what your your biological parents. So they had another baby. Your parents adopted that baby. And then they disappeared?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. After that, we were never able to find them again. Just kind of like, I don't know. Maybe the record systems there aren't as good or something. But Probably. she went back. I mean, they was even, she put an ad in the paper- uh, wow. they even did a thing on a local television trying to get somebody who knew anything. I mean it's a small place. So, yeah, you know, and it was It's only too. two it's only two really major cities. So it's like, right, right. you know, how where could yeah. they be? But yeah, we never yeah. found or heard anything. So that was about five, six years ago. I mean you might well, try again.
0: All that really tells you is that you are North Korean. <laughs> No. you were taken when you were a baby from north korea and you were you kim, had plastic surgery kim and you were indoctrinated a child
1: <laughs> yeah, i'd be careful with that because if you got a claim to that that presidency or whatever you, you're a your target right now man yeah. that guy's coming after you kim kim jong-un's coming after you man he doesn't want any rivals
2: yeah <laughs> that's my brother that's why uh mark had it announced my comments <laughs> I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I don't remember the part where I told him to fuck off. I don't, where, where, what happened to that? And I was like, oh, Mike must have edited that out. Okay. It was a lot worse than that. But so, I was like, yeah, that's what I told Mark originally. I was like, whatever you got to edit out, I won't even take it personal. I'll just assume it's for my safety. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, any last uh, questions you had, Juan, before we wrap this up? Yeah. Um. So what have you got
2: coming up? Like anything oh. that you want to plug that's coming up because I want to
0: know I want to know yeah. when to
2: visit. That's kind of my thing. Uh,
1: <laughs> I visit their shows every month. I got a show uh, january thirty first coming here and be uh, featuring for Judah Friedlander. He's coming to town at the rec room here in Houston. And then next night I've got a show called Too Soon. Uh, it's a current events show where I'll be trying uh, all new jokes. <laughs> See how that goes. <laughs> and that's at the Seeker group on uh, February the first there. Ooh. And I've also got another show on january twenty fourth at a brewery here in town. Ah, uh, check out my Facebook page, Sun Comedy on Facebook. I'll have it posted on, on the official there because I have completely blanked on the name of the brewery that we're performing at, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but there'll be a show there as well. But uh, I perform probably five, six times a month in and around town, and uh, whenever I travel as well. So cool. yeah, come on, see a show. Oh yeah, I look forward yeah, to. we going to Juan's going
0: to come visit. We're going to have to go see everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All the people you know. Every yeah, uh, like every other night we'll be out, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Do you want to sh- plug any social media or anything? Uh, you find me at, at Sun Comedy, S-O-N Comedy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I can't do more. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I can't keep up. I can't keep up all of this stuff. So.
2: I'm with yeah. you, man. I'm glad that Mark handles that stuff because that to me is an old man. It's too, too much. much. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I'm almost 50. I can't be doing like
2: nine different platforms. Yeah, it's three <laughs> minutes to tie my shoes. I don't got time yeah, for that. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: this is fun, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on Sure, yeah. Of course. Thank we- you.
0: We loved it. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. You're always welcome to come back anytime thanks. and yeah. This was really really good. So yeah. yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you everybody for listening. And yeah, we'll see you all next time. All right. Take care. All right
2: bye.
1: I already have a joke about the Ukrainian airliner Iran shot down. (laughs) (laughs) Classy.
2: I like it.